I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined by the two, uh, well, I say the duo now, uh, <laughs> that we have lined up each week. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. Quite late evening. How are you? It is quite late evening. Yes, I'm really well, thank you. So slightly later, 9pm, 9.15pm now. Um, and Bradley Todd. Brad, welcome. Yep. Cheers, Tom. I won't make the mistake of saying good afternoon this week. No, no. Yeah, good evening. Good afternoon. Say good evening. Give, give us your... Uh, Remind me it was 9pm, so that's always a good start. <laughs> yeah, good Unai Emery impression or something there, maybe. But, um, good evening. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good week. Uh, you know, we've had another uh, winner. That's now the third on the trot uh, for the PGA Tour. So that is... Uh, Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. That is... Nice, Jason. Well done as well, and Wacky Neiman. Despite the fact I didn't give you any airtime to let you talk about him, you did indeed put him up at the end there. Um, so I'm yeah, glad. To be fair, he was on the list, and um, and you know you'd done your spiel, and, and he sort of moved from the subs list up to the subs bench onto the main field. So uh, <laughs> of course, by the time I'd done there, Ben had gone up with him, and everybody else in that entire universe had gone up with him. So um, anyway. Price was there, Price wasn't there, and, and blah blah blah. But yeah, it's you know very impressive, isn't it? I, I, to be honest, I thought it would be, I thought he'd go a little bit more under the radar. I guess you know if if yeah. we can see it, then everyone else can kind of see it. I suppose it's just how people interpret, it, isn't it? But I sort of put a tweet out earlier about the the tour tips and how that's kind of changed things a little bit for me because just looking at round by round course form rather than you know just you know if you've got course form in no context and you see 43rd miscut 44th you probably won't investigate any further whereas if you see 20th 15th and 12th you might be intrigued as to why they didn't quite get it done but um yeah i yeah. agree with that like having started to use tour tips it's really started to help me sort of look at not just the result but also the like how they do like if there's some good rounds amongst that like yeah. result so it's, I find it very useful yeah it's like, it's, it's like the third week in a row now that's kind of sort of paid dividends for me because sort of Tom Hoagie you, you realised he was kind of right in the hunt until basically one bad shot uh, a pebble a couple of years ago um, and then obviously Billy Horshaw and Phoenix I sort of beat beat that drum all week uh, about his kind of hidden form and, and the same happened with Neiman so um, hopefully the same happens again this week at Honda um, I've got to be honest um I'm not not sure I'm very confident on that, um, but we'll have a little bit of a recap on Riviera first. I don't know how much you guys watched, but um, I was pulling what little hair I have left out. Um, oh, I it was. Yeah. It was it was it was tough because you know at the start of the day you think he's gonna be absolutely fine. You think oh Cameron Young's bound to kind of go off. You know very impressive on Saturday, but Sunday's different. And you know Hovland's that little bit too far behind probably. Morikawa was too far behind him. And... <laughs> you say Morikawa is yeah. it just comes from nowhere. It's, just, it's it's outrageous. And then, you know, Neiman misses that what three footer on the first, and you just think this is just not going to be my day, is it? Here we go. I've had I've had you know two weeks in a row of good fortune, and that's this is the one that's going to go against me. Um, and and, and now you know, and he, and he sort of played it out, and then he sort of recovered that six shot lead at one point, and that went down to two shots, and you think, what on earth is going on, like? All day, it just kind of, you know, was a lot tougher than it needed to be. But he was nicely impressive, wasn't he? Oh, he still was, yeah. He still was very impressive. I mean, wire's a wire, and it's hard to sleep on a lead for that long and still perform as he did. And, I mean, got to give a full credit to Cameron Young as well. I mean, they both of their partners went seriously cold. 
on the final round. Um, obviously, a lot of nerves crept in as they both were in contention. But yeah. It was weird, though, because I felt like Neiman actually putted better yesterday. It just didn't quite happen for him, whereas Cameron Young did get a little bit shaky. It was, But yeah, like you say, they were missing um, kind of you know, bad putts. But Jason, do you think we learned anything about Wacky and Neiman that we didn't already know yesterday? Didn't know, but, well, I think that what you've learned is that there are no certainties in this game. Hmm. You know, I, I don't care how strong the top of the field is. I mean, look, I mean, Ron hasn't, you know, he's been favourite now for the last, what, four, five weeks, is it? Um, well, virtually every time he plays. Um, and he's not done it. And I think there was a tweet went out. I know there haven't been that many number ones. Obviously, we had COVID and all that. But, you know, DJ was the last number one to win back in 2020. Um, there, there is no domination. Um, I did, know, I did, I, I, I did kind of debunk know, that a little bit, but yeah, it was. It's, it's a bit nonsense. I mean, mm. it's, a, it's a bit nonsense. But my point being, there is no domination. You know, no. there is, there is no. I, I'm not going to say the great man's name again because it gets boring, people. But <laughs> there is, there is. None. It's good. For, it's um, good for SEO. So yeah, just say it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, and and you know, okay, you know the reason people are playing like they are now can be traced back to he who yeah. should not be named, you know, Lord <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it can be traced, well, no, because I'm already writing about Tiger, and if I'm not writing about Tiger, it's Bryson, so, I mean, it's, you know, that's Bill, so um, it's, it all gets a bit boring in the end. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, you know, um, it's just the strength in depth is unbelievable. Um, you know, you looked at Victor Hovland, as you say, you know, and I think Hovland will be number one at some point. Um, and now we're looking at Noman, and they're all coming through. And we've had first-time winners this year, and we've had them in proper fields. You know, these aren't weak fields. These people are winning. You know, I mean, for for uh, Neiman to do what he did in a field that you know, as you know, as we say, had had the players that they did, it's brilliant. I mean, um, yeah, what can you do? You know, Figala uh, should have really won a uh, week before, yeah. and then what would it have looked at? It would have just looked. There's just no. There's no huge gulf anymore, is there? There just simply isn't. There's 50, 60, 70 players that we used to say, you know, anybody shoot 63 on any day. And now it's like, no, you, you know, these really are absolutely. I mean, it'll change in the majors, we think, this year, just because of it's the way it happens every single year, isn't it? You know, the majors separate probably mental strength and experience. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's nobody. I mean, you put up a case for anybody, as you will do today. Um, you know, anybody wins. It's, they're they're mm. just all very, very bloody good. Serious know? strength and depth, isn't there? Ah, oh, incredible. Incredible. Well, I, think said, I think I read something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but sort of, I think it was nine PJ Tour starts Cameron Young's made, and he's got himself near the top 50. Like, it's just absolutely <laughs> ludicrous what, what he's done. And Joaquin Neiman could be a four-time winner already. Obviously, Morikawa's won what he's won. Victor Hovland's won what he's won. I mean, there was a on that um, 18th green yesterday, Morikawa looked like the man that will not be named. Like the, the way he stared mm. into the camera as he was waiting to make his part, um, which he obviously didn't make. But you know, it, it, like you say, like the mental strength for these kids now is just absolutely also, absurd. I'll give uh, Scotty Scheffler a mention as well. Just, yeah, I mean, that performance on the back of his first winner was very impressive. I thought. Yeah, I, I think that. You know, I kind of said it on the. We kind of discussed him on the. DFS show and and I sort of said I wouldn't be surprised I, d- I didn't think he'd win again but I certainly didn't mm-hmm. think he'd sort of go away because there's nothing to suggest that he would like no. 
you know, yeah, okay, there's, there's this kind of relief off of his back, but it's not it's not the same as a Tom Hoger I think you said this, Jason, the other day, that it's not the same as a Tom Hoger Luke list winning where they've gone a long time in their career about winning. Sheffield has been due a win, but it's you know, it's not it's not late in his career, do you know what I mean? So he's just doing what he thinks he should have done already. So it's going yes. top yeah, yeah. seven for the week later was, was pretty impressive. So I thought it was a really good week, but you, yeah, like you say, you just read that leaderboard. Wacky Neiman, Colin Morikara, Camion, Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas, Maverick, Malady, Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> like Adam Scott in there, kind of propping up the, the older guys. Bobby uh, was going well as well. Bobby he Mack. Was. Yeah. Just didn't, I was hoping he was getting a good top 10, but no, it wasn't to be. He's a, he, I thought he might have played this week as well, but either didn't get an invite or didn't want to play oh, or whatever. I think he needed a top. I think he did need a top ten. Yeah, I thought I thought he might have got his own little sponsor exemption, considering how popular mm. he seems to be. But uh, yeah, but yeah. not. But going going back to that that number one point, uh, DJ won the Saudi International as well, number one, and also so that was after the Masters, but also that by ODGR standard, John Rahm won the Tour Championship, so. If if you're counting their thing as as world number one, it does his win not count at all. I don't know. It's, yeah, it kind of gets a bit messy. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's to me like there's enough. They've both kind of won as world number one in, in my head, and you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's tough, isn't it? But the wider point still stands that there isn't a man like Tiger Woods anymore that will go and lead world number one for any length of time. I don't think. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it is it is what it is. It's it's going to be interesting. I think Colin will get that number one spot at some point this year. Um, I think he's deserved it. Um, feels a little bit like it's evaded him for no real apparent reason. Just John Rahm goes and does a 65 yesterday to kind of keep himself in there for another couple of weeks. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of boring going over the same point with Rahm at the moment. Like he's, he's not winning when he should be and not contending as much as he should be. But yeah, there we go. On to the Honda Classic then, and we have a pretty strong favourite in Sung Jae Im at twelve to one, Daniel Berger at sixteen to one, Louis Oosthuizen, Brooks Kepka and Wacky Neiman at twenty to one, and Billy Horschel at twenty-two to one. Um, Jason, I'll come to you first. Was there anyone that really sort of caught your eye at the top? Well, obviously the um, worries about Berger, uh, whether he's fit, whether he's right, whether he's carrying anything like that. But I mean, you know. Yeah, you can't go if he is right then I'll back him not that price but if he is right yeah. um, I think he's absolutely I think he's different yeah but um, you, you can't say that he is so we have to leave that um, we all know what Sanjay Im does you know, you know him better than I do disappointed me last week that day was, was shocking really um, but yeah he fought back well on, on final day um, we know he loves it we know he loves the new this is where he puts his best Um He's playing really well. It, it, I, I could possibly back him at 12 to 1. Um, I understand why you would. And in the end, although I did back him at the Genesis, yeah, he'd, he'd had missed cuts there before. So as someone pointed out to me, I just thought he was playing a bit better than that. And, you know, if you make that 75, a, you know, a 69, then he's half a chance of being placed last week. Don't know. Yeah. yeah not, not for me, to be honest, at any of those prices. Um, yeah, like I say, you can't argue. I know Ben's put something to him up, so Lord knows what price is going to end up going off. <laughs> um, and it was an outlier last week. You know, his, his figures last week were shocking. And there we are. If, if it's just a one-off and it's because you know, he's not a
then ignore that and, and there he is. It's like Webb Simpson at Wyndham, isn't it? It's um, it's that type of player, to be honest. I was surprised that there was a, you know, I guess, like you say, because Ben's put him up, that that's kind of bridged a gap between him and, and Berger somewhat. Um, and there was obviously his injury doubts, but I was surprised that they weren't sort of co-favourites. I think they were maybe at one point. Um, Brad, who's the best player in this field? It is going Is it? <laughs> no. But I was, I, he was who I was most toy, toying with taking, as I told you. Um, it's, but I've seen that, but I'm, I'm saying that in the sense that some people have said that today on I Twitter, know. that Louis Eustazen is the best player in this field. And, um, yeah, in America. <laughs> yeah, and the thing that bothers me a little bit, and I know people, I can see what the appealing back in him. Like I do think he was when he was 22 and 25, and that it was there was kind of a little bit of appeal into it. Um, but this is a guy that he literally just doesn't win, like no. outside of Africa, really. You know, he's won a couple of times on the European tour, and he's obviously won the Open Championship. Yeah. Great major player, but I just don't need to ever back him at 20 to one and shorter at a regular event. Mm, I talked myself out of it. I was, I was pretty keen this morning, especially when I saw 25s. I don't know, I thought that was big enough um, to sort of take my interest. You know, we know how good he is in tough scoring conditions. He lives close to the course. He's come out in an interview and says he plays here like all the time um, when he's when he's in Florida. And that performance at the Phoenix Open was really encouraging, you know. And it just seems like the PJ National is his kind of course, but he just hasn't got good results here in the past. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I sort of talked myself out of it, and he kind of the price sort of disappeared, went to 20s. So yeah, went elsewhere. Well, as, as I sort of said, I, I was sort of condemning backing Louis Eustazen at 25 to one, whilst also subsequently trying to back Cameron Tringali at 30 to one. So um, you know, the, the, there's certainly two arguments to be made. But I think we've like, to me, like we've had a track record now, like plenty of years of like him just not winning these events. And I don't know if it's a motivation thing. I don't know if it's a, a lot of it was probably injury related. A lot of injuries earlier in his career, and maybe you know the fact he's over those now and settled in America. Maybe that's change things a little bit it certainly seems like he's a bit more regular now but um yeah i was just interested to see your take on that but mm-hmm. brad you have gone for billy horshaw which you know we had a bit yes. of a discussion about earlier and I, I do like billy horshaw and he would probably be the one for me at the top of the board yep mr west ham hopefully he's got the west ham <laughs> bag out this week i know a lot of people don't like to see it but i absolutely love to see it um but yeah um he's just in seriously good form isn't he i mean like 11th at the farmers sit Phoenix Open in his last two starts. Hasn't missed a cut since last June, which was at the US Open. So that's pretty impressive. And uh, he stated in interviews how comfortable he is at the PGA National, and that's reflected in some of his results. He had back-to-back top 10s in 2016 and 17. And you only have to look back at his previous wins to outline how comfortable Billy is on Bermuda Greens. It's the surface where majority of his wins come on. Um, Putting has been consistently lights out, um, but he improved really well on um, T to green last week um not sorry last week at the phoenix ranking 17th which caught my eye and if he can bring that sort of game into this week combined with his putting i think he'll be tough to beat it just seems like a great fit for him it's one of those ones where he doesn't seem to stand out ever statistically i mean like you said there he's mm. 17th T to green was a was an improvement for him and and considering the results like... he's had is mad isn't it because he just consistently yeah. scores well and Everyone sort of said the same thing to me when I put him on at Phoenix. You know that 
you know, his irons are bad and his driver's bad. And I was like, yeah, but he's still finishing inside the top 10 all the time and, and winning tournaments. And, you know, he's just one of those guys, a bit like a Patrick Reed, you don't really need to see anything statistically to, no. to jump at him. So he would probably be the one. He's going down into 22s now. Uh, mm-hmm. Still like it that price, Bradle? Uh, yeah, I think I think I do. Yeah, I think I do. Just about possibly I get there because I did sell myself on him. Like, I was like once I got off the Oosty bug, I was like all over Horshaw. So yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd stretch twenty twos. Yep, nice. Um, Jason, any thoughts on Tommy Fleetwood next man up on the board? No, <laughs> that's very easy. He's got he ranges from twenty eight to one to eighteen to one, which is a. Uh, oh. You know, uh, an interesting gap there. I think the twenty-eight to one is more reasonable. It's a big uh, one-day drift already. Eighteen to one's a little bit scary uh, for Tommy Fleetwood. There is actually some fourteen to ones about him on the other checker grid. So yeah, you can uh, see, you can see why, and you can see yeah. him, you know, being up there, and it's a bit Larry-ish, isn't it? Although you know, you probably want to be on Larry more than Fleetwood um, at the price, but you know, they don't win, do they? And that's that's you know, uh, all right. You know, at that I can't be bothered with at that price. I think the thing think is with, with Fleetwood is that we were worried about him winning on the on the DP World Tour for a while, haven't we? He's not been doing it and until he gets back to winning ways on there. I can't really yeah. expect him to make the jump here. So threw um, away, didn't he? Threw this away um, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't. I don't think he's got any better. Um, and and you know, why? Like, I think I can't remember. Was it this year or last year? Whenever Ben done an article and he said, you know, Tommy Fleet was just nice. And that's that's why, because he's a nice man. Mm. Um, or so we think, because we all thought Phil was a nice man, didn't we? Um, uh. <laughs> so, um, so you know, he's a he's a lovely bloke, uh, but that doesn't equate to backing him for golf tournaments. If you that's don't not. want, to, uh, here we are. No. Um, I've gone with Keith Mitchell at 35 to 1. There was a bit of 40 to 1 earlier, but 35 to 1, eight places. Kind of toyed about this a bit. Um, knew he was going to be shorter than. You know, you, you want to see someone like Keith Mitchell when he won here. He's famously 200 to 1, so obviously a, a big difference there. But, um, you know, what what price can you make Keith Mitchell? I mean, he's, he's arguably the most informed player um, in the field uh, on a consistent basis. Anyway, maybe he hasn't had the spike weeks that others have had, but um, just consistently there. Um, probably should have won that CJ Cup, and, and uh, you know, what price would he have been if he'd won that? And, you know, realistically, he had a very good chance of doing that. You just go to 2022, and he's been 7th, miscut, 12th, 10th. Coming back to a course that he's won on. Bit boom or bust, obviously, here. But, you know, I just I just love it. I just think, you know, it's really good form. It's something that, you know, suggests that he is going to win. We know he can win. Held off very good competition uh, to win here in 2019. Um, in in Brooks and Ricky Fowler. Obviously, Fowler, a better player than he is now. Um, and even even behind him, he had you know okay, Lucas Glover doesn't really like putting, but he's obviously a major champion. Ryan Palmer was there, who plays well at golf course. VJ Singh, you know, a bit long in the tooth, but he was there. Jim Fury, Sergio Garcia, it's a really good strength of field, and he kind of held them off of a 67 on the final day. So um, liked that about him. Um, Brad, do you want to say something? Yeah, no, just as you said, I think that was going back to that win he had at the Honda Classic. That was very impressive. Like, he led mm. from the second round, didn't he? And um, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe I'm being a little bit stubborn, uh, not taking him at the price that he is this week, and it might come back to bite me in the arse because I I did really like him as well. So yeah, I can see why you're on him this week. So, so basically, I you know as I've said a couple of times now, I kind of write these articles up and have them ready to go 
you know, mm. b- beforehand and kind of wait for the odds to come out or sometimes even have to put them in before the odds have come out. Uh, and I kind of make my decision and yeah. Cameron Trigali was obviously disappointingly short and Keith Mitchell was bordering on that. But, you know, aside from his his finishes here, um, he's been second at the Corrales, which is a Tom Fazio design, two top eight finishes at Quail Hollow, Fazio design, uh, seventh at the Sony, which is correlates very nicely to this. Um, so whilst obviously Jack Nicholas has come in and, and remodeled this a lot, it had those Fazio traits and he's obviously got the win. So um, everything about him, you know, Teed's Green has been very good as well. Ranks eighth among the field, uh, according to tour tips, since the start of the calendar year. So very happy with Keith Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Jason, what, what's the price of your sort of first selection? Just quickly, I mean, uh, we on, put up um, Mitchell at 101 last year. I know yeah. he wasn't in anything like this sort of form based on Bay Hill form and, and Houston. And, and so, yeah, can't argue with you. Yeah. It's just, but, oh, I don't know. I th- I I'd think rather it's one... be on than, than, than Alex Norris, for example. Yeah. But um, at the same price. And probably in front of Tommy Fleetwood, if you want the truth. Yeah. Um, so in which case, it makes 33 okay, doesn't it? It's, it's, yeah. that, it's that mental block of do I want to back Keith Mitchell at 35 to 1, right? And, and then you have to consider that, you know, even when he was playing here and winning two, two or three years ago, there was you know, top 10 players in the world in the field. There's not a single top 10 player in this field this week. Um, the, the, the better players uh, in times of world ranking aren't necessarily all in good form. Brooks Koepka's obviously, you know, hit or miss every week. Uh, Sung Jm is, is great. It's hard to deny. Daniel Berger's potentially injured. Louis, as we've already discussed, Wacky Neiman's coming off a really tiring, exhausting week. Could withdraw probably still. Um, Billy Horshaw, we, we obviously like, but... Again, like you say, Fleetwood, Lowry, Noran all kind of got their own question marks. So for me, um, as much as it kind of stings, knowing that I took him at kind of 90 to 1 at Sony, um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to take him at 35 to 1. So, um, Jace, your first selection then? Well, I, I was looking, well, I was, I mean, I'll leave the, the other main one to you because I know you quite like him. I've got quite a few in the sort of 50 to 70 region. Mackenzie uh, yeah. Hughes is one um, I looked at. It, my yeah. only issue, and it is quite an issue, is that um, he's a miscut of both um, Torrey and Riviera. Mm. Um, well, whilst I know they're not directly correlation, you know, they're difficult courses where par's good. Well, unless you're, um, obviously, unless you're uh, whacking Neiman. <laughs> um, um, but everything else about him, I mean, obviously, he can be a, a putting machine. He likes Florida. He's been 16th at Sawgrass, 13th at Bowspar, second and 36th here. Because he closed in, I think, on Sanjay M, wasn't it? When he was second, yeah. I think. Um, and you want difficult courses. He's got the top ten at uh, Muirfield, Houston, uh, Charles Schwab. Um, he's just he's inconsistent. And, and those two, I just would like to have seen something. I know they're not bad rounds, 70, 72, 72, 72. They're not bad rounds at all. Um, second at RSM works okay. Um, I've sort of had second thoughts. I mean, he goes like from gaining nine shots to Peter Green and then totally relying on his putter to keep him in the game um, and this this is uh, I'll be honest with you Tom it was in the sting and I've decided not to play him yeah so it, that's it, it a was... waste of two minutes of your life <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough one because I, I actually backed him at Tory on the basis that obviously the whole narrative was about bombers and obviously that does pan out most of the time but he, he played well in the US Open and he's one of those type of people like a Zach Johnson like a Fitzpatrick that seems to uh, excel on those tough layouts when he shouldn't and I just thought that maybe he could go and do that again missed the cut, it was a bit unfortunate to miss the cut there he he, he played the wrong ball based on what yeah, the marshal yeah. had told him so a uh, bit of an unfortunate miscut cut there and wasn't 
it's tough, isn't it? But the 16th of Pebble doesn't really give a massive amount of confidence. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's an easy birdie fest, and it's a complete opposite thing to that. So yeah, like you, it was, it's a name that catches my eye quite a lot at the moment. But on on Mackenzie Hughes and his price at 50 to one, I thought um, Matt Jones at 50 to one, or you know 40 to one, eight places, and I sort of think we're all on the same line of thinking that if he hadn't won last year. Yeah. He would probably be in that 30, 33 to 1 bracket regularly, yeah. wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Yeah. Because not only has he been playing well, he obviously um, had that excellent uh, run at TOC, but he was second tee to green last week, um, which is obviously an outstanding performance for someone of his skill set as well. It's not something that you necessarily think of Matt Jones. Um, so, yeah, I think just... But even before that kind of win, he was playing well at this golf course as well. It does strike me as a kind of Matt Jones golf course. So I could still be sort of tempted to go in on him. Um, I do think the price is pretty good. And, and that was kind of why I sort of drew a line through the Hugheses. Uh, even the Aaron Wise, I, th- I thought, was um, quite a live runner, but didn't go there in the end. Um, Brian Harmon went into a price that definitely didn't want to back. Um, but yeah, he, he's definitely one I would keep an eye on, Matt Jones. Um yeah, Jones, Jones says that he doesn't go at pins, um, you know, which makes sense. You know, really, you look at Australian Opens and things like that. Yeah. You know, you're you're always looking to play away, you know, away from pins and difficult. You just want to give yourself a chance. And you don't. You basically want to make two putts, don't you? Um, yeah. You don't want to be pin chasing, and then everything is done. I agree. Obviously, Houston Honda, um, Arnold Palmer Memorial Genesis. You know, um, I think last week. Um, was first in birdie conversions for some bizarre reason um, um, around the green and putting was good. You know he's got the game. If it got, you know, the tougher it gets. I mean, I've got a few here where the tougher it gets, the more they'll try. Yeah. Um, just waiting for conditions where actually one of them wins. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and I agree. I think if he hadn't got the one by his name, if he'd got three by his name, he'd be shorter than fifty. Yeah. No, definitely. It's really, really bizarre. And and yeah, I agree with you. I think he's got. Um, Got a fantastic so the, certainly yeah. the concern for me was when I looked down through the kind of course form uh, in general on tour tips, it was Podrick Harrington won, then finished 43rd the next yeah, he, year, and then missed all the cuts. He, he's the only one that's won twice in this tournament since 2002, despite the yeah. fact there's so, there's so much course form. Like, you know, you've got your Russ Wendy, your Sanji, and they all turn up every year, but only Pod has won repeat. twice in, in the last 20 yeah. years. And then when you looked at uh, after Vajegas won, he missed a cut the next year. Rory Sabatini won 62nd the next year. Michael Thompson won, missed cut next year. Keith Mitchell won, missed cut next year. It just, and I think that I don't think that's actually a sign of anything because Sung Jm first and eighth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's necessarily a it's a really hard place to be a defending champion. It's not like you've got massive media obligations like in Augusta or anything like that. It's it's just the volatile golf course, right? There's so much water, it's so tough, it's heavily bunkered, there's a lot of wind. If you get in the wrong side of the draw, it can, it can yeah. be bad for you. You're probably in a, uh, an afternoon wave if you're a defending champion. You know, there's so many things that, that can play yeah. into it. So I wouldn't say it's I'm worried about it but from you know a trend point of view. It's more just, you know, I don't know really. I don't know why I'm trying to talk myself out of Matt Jones. I think he would probably be... Uh, maybe even my replacement for Cameron Trimgarley. So, yeah, mm-hmm. interesting to see what Matt Jones does here. But, um, Brad, Denny McCarthy. Yes, Denny McCarthy at 66 to 1 was my second selection. And yep. he's, been, he's been in pretty good form since the Mayakoba. He's had five top 15 finishes in his last seven starts. With his best finish of Sith coming in at the Amex. Missed the cut only once. 
which was on his last start at the Phoenix. And he was he was 34th tee to green at the Amex and 54th at Pebble, which is above his average, nothing spectacular, but sign that there's uh, games there. Similar to Horschel, he's brilliant with the flat stick, right, ranking inside the top 20 in putting stats, and it's clear looking at his past results and stats that his best surface is Bermuda. Yet to win on the PGA Tour, but his only win as a professional came on the Web Tour, which was back in, in 2018 at the Tour Championship, which was, in fact, in Florida. So he has a bit of previous here. He won four shots. Uh, he won by four shots, and the next best was Glover. And um, after missing the cut for three years at the PJ National, he finished third here last year. So, I don't know. He seems he seems good. I, I quite like him this week. And last year, he's 20th tee to green, and he gained five strokes putting, which is standard for him. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll be coming back to this event in good spirits, trying to get that first win. So I think, for me, it's like, when you see these people that are powered by putting, it's always a little bit of concern, right? And that's always been the, the, the moniker against mm. uh, Danny McCarthy. But here, it, it, it doesn't really matter how you get it done. In my, I know strokes gain approach is important. Certainly a lot of you know shots yeah. from 150 to 175 are important. Scrambling is obviously important. But... You know, you, you you might not even have to get to double digits. You probably will. It'd probably be 10, 12 under. But, you know, if, if you have to do that by making all your strokes putting as opposed to absolutely blitzing the field in terms of ball striking, I don't think it really matters. I think I think this is a course where, you, you know, because with a birdie fest, you've got to keep setting up those birdie chances. You've got mm-hmm. to keep, you know, converting them. Whereas here, you know, if he makes a bonus two or three long putts, each round and, and you know, and does hit the odd iron well, that, that's going to be plenty fine enough. So... Whilst I'm not on him, I, I could see the path to victory for him. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of my line of thinking on that. But um, th- this was a really tough range because I've gone with Ryan Palmer and I'm probably a little bit of a, an apologist for Ryan Palmer. I do think that he's, he gets a lot of stick, um, you know, because it, it has, he has been on tour for a long time and hasn't won a lot, right? And, and it's hard to, to get away from that. And it's not like he's... It's not like a loot list that's got another 10 years in front of him. He's 45, so it's all sort of closing in in front of him. But he's won this tournament. Um, sorry, he hasn't won. So he lost in the playoffs in this tournament. He's won the Sony, which is obviously a correlating event. Um, he has won in Florida when he won the Walt Disney Classic back in 2004. Um, so obviously a bit of a happy hunting ground for him. Um, and, and he just plays the same course as well. Like We know where Ryan Palmer is going to turn up. Like When you look at where he's played well this year, it's 12th at Sony and 16th at Torrey. Um, and that's just you know he's he's lost you know he's won those events or contending those events in the past, uh, so keeps that up. Um, nine or twelve cuts here overall, finishing inside the top twenty six six times. Uh, when he was thirty seventh, this, this is a perfect example of um, using that course form and tour tips and kind of hovering over and seeing how they did it. Thirty seventh in two thousand seventeen doesn't stand out as a good result. Probably wouldn't look at what's doing into it. Led after thirty six holes and fifth after fifty four holes. Had a you know. Um, a poor Sunday and just kind of fell away. And that is Ryan Palmer, right? That's what he's capable of. But he's had six rounds of 66 or better here in the past, which is really good and a tough layout. Um, so for me, Ryan Palmer was in. I think that the 66 one was actually quite generous. I know that you could argue that he, you know, he's, he's won the Sony and he's con- he's contended better at Tory than he has this year. So are 16th and 12th that great of finishes for him? But they're, you know, they're good enough. They're, they're good signs. Um, 
Riviera missing the cut doesn't particularly bother me for anyone. I think it's, it's a tough golf course, you know, like here, a bit volatile in terms of making it. Pebble Beach certainly don't care. And when you look, 27th for Mexico, 26th in Houston, um, just just been pretty steady. So, yeah, Ryan Palmer for me at 66-1. to 1. Um, And then one that we're both on, Brad, I'll let you talk about is CT Pam. Yep, they're all on. Sorry, we're all on. All, all on. on. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll Trio. So you, you know, <laughs> and then I'll ask Jason. I'll add anything. Yeah. Well, he's pretty impressive for the first time in a while. Last time out of the Genesis, at the close of his round of 67, his best best of the week to finish ninth, 14th tee degree in that last round, and after a strong a string of poor results in recent weeks, that's just hopefully something to build on coming into this event. Um, he has a mixed record at PJ National from five starts. He has missed a cut twice, finishing 37th, 17th, and his best performance coming last year in third. Similar to Denny, he gained five strokes putting last year, ranking ninth. So, yeah, clearly taking a liking to these greens. And, yeah, quite like him. At 70 to 1. Yes, he's, he's obviously coming a little bit from the, the 90 to 1 that I put up earlier on Lodge Checker, but that was probably to be expected. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a big price. Uh, Jason, any thoughts on yeah. No, any more thoughts on CT Pam? No, I think it's abs- I think it's got a huge chance. I think you're absolutely right. I, I think there was a you know when we were discussing it earlier, you know he was on the little sort of long, long, long list. And yeah. the more you look at it, the more he's convincing. Um, yeah, Harbour Town Farmers, Wyndham. I know you like. You went on about it last year. Yeah. Um, oh, that's another click for us, by the way, for last year's figures. Um, <laughs> Genesis, obviously third here. Travellers was fifth halfway here in 2017. Uh, 17th, never nearer till at the end and 18 last year. He was 42nd at the cut line and finished third. Um, last week at Genesis, he was fourth in par fours, which is going to be crucial here. There's, there's everything. Um, he's around the green, he's great. 12th at Science and 12th at Five and 6th at Genesis. Yeah, can't argue, mate. I, I think, um, yeah, I think I was very, very happy. Yeah, I got on earlier before you chewed up the price. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 what can you say? It's huge, huge. Chance. Yeah, I think yeah, like you say, you, you covered the bit that I was going to add was that when he was 37th on debut, fifth after the 36 holes after both the first two rounds, and and he fell away at the weekend. But 73, 72, I don't think is a, a disaster. Right, it's not like he ejected and shot a 77 or 78. He just maybe got into a bit of a tough spell. I don't particularly remember whether he was in wind or anything like that. Um, you know, and then a year later finishes 17th. And he, he was really solid for, for four days. And it must have been a tough week because 71 for the first three days kept him not too far away. But you mentioned his win at the Heritage. I don't think that's particularly insignificant because Jack Nicholas was involved with, with Pete and Alice Dyer and designing that. And he was 18th for Quail Hollow as well last year, which gives him that little Fazio form as well. So um, you can see why CT Pan is very popular. I think that gives more, more oomph to your point about looking um, at you know tour tips or whatever site you use, tour yeah. tips. Um, about about looking closer in, you know, just because you finished thirtieth, you know, he's played fantastic for two rounds. He's obviously learnt from that and gone on, gone on. So um, yeah, and he, he looks in form. He played well last week on a tough track. Uh, what what's there not to like? Mm. Yeah, it's one of those ones where like you'll hear him like they'll win a tournament and you'll think, you know, they they, they were forty second, fiftieth, thirty sixth, and twenty eighth before. And he's sitting in now saying it's a golf course he's always loved. And you think, well, what do you mean by that? Like that you're, the, the form doesn't suggest that. And then when you look, he was actually fifth after one round, tenth after two rounds, seventeenth after three right. rounds. And you think, a lot of experience, isn't it? So, um, 
tiny. I mean, the margins are just so tiny. I mean, like Neiman, how many, you know, how many times has Neiman been backed and looked like he was going to do something and finish 12th or 18th? It's yeah. tiny. It's, you know, don't be wrong, he's played unbelievable over the weekend. But, you know, there's there's bits here. They're just tiny, tiny, tiny things that, that make the difference over 72 holes. Oh, it's like it's, Neiman's perfect example is that he could have won by six or one yesterday, couldn't he? Like it was, yeah. so, it was so up and down. Even on that back nine, when there was such you know swings and roundabouts, and, and Honda's going to be exactly like that because there's there's so many, so much water, there's so many bunkers. Like it is a perfect golf course for that. So actually, um, you know, it's really tough where it is in the schedule and you know the the time of the year because you don't get the fields that it probably deserves because it's actually a really nice, unique test that, um, you know, could test some of the best in the world. But, uh, you know, less of that and more on the further picks. Chris Kirk for you, uh, Brad. Yeah, I uh, got Chris Kirk at 80-1. to 1. Um, Hasn't really got going for Chris this year, but had his best performance last time out at the Phoenix Open where he finished 14th. He ranked 18th tee to green, and that was his best performance since he finished 14th at the CG Cup. Hasn't had the best record here in the past uh, he's got 15th 25th and 29th which is from 10 starts although he does have a, a good record in florida in general with a 12th at the players 13th and 15th finishes at the arnold palmer invitational and his last win came on the corn ferry tour at the king bear classic in florida so and just so it's, it's undoubtedly his best service is bermuda and he's certainly one to keep an eye on over the florida swing so yeah quite like him this week yeah, I've, you know, I, I've always got something, you know, sort of in mind of Chris Kirk. I can always see him doing something. I don't necessarily want to back him every week and he so will sign up a couple of times. So it's always part of the time of the year that I yeah. sort of think Chris Kirk starts to sort of come come to the fold as such. Uh... Yeah, and he was, the reason I didn't go for him is he was sort of anti to what we've said so far, is he's never quite had one of those really peak rounds here where mm-hmm. he's been fifth or, or seventh after a round or anything like that it's been even when he was 12th it was a very steady 12th and steady 12th, um yeah. that's fine like if he has a very steady sixth you don't really care do you if you look at each way value and things like that so um and he and like jason said like the, the margins between him sort of being 18th after one round and and second is so thin that um if, if you've got someone that continues to play solid here then uh no, it's, it's hard to look past. Um... Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focuses on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only, and with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120, and again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Lee Westwood was 100 to 1 on the exchange. So I did have a little bit on that just because of his past uh, form here. Um, it, it's probably going to cause me pain like it did at the uh, Dubai Desert Classic, but 
two fourths, two ninths. Um, didn't play it for a long time because of off the course issues rather than anything else. Um, the miscut last year doesn't really bother me. He was coming off the back of being really lethargic after Bay Hill, I think it was, or the players, wasn't it, when he lost to uh, to Justin Thomas? And he, he said that he was, you know, very leggy and wasn't really ready to compete. So that doesn't particularly bother me. I'd rather look at the, the kind of performances before that. Um, but not much interest in, in the slightly shorter um, each way prices. I would just take a chance that he kind of peaks and, and does what he does. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting at least to look at um, Lee Westwood. Jason, any more for you before we get to triple digits? Uh, yeah, I like KH Lee. Um, yeah. Depending on odds checker whether you look at KH Lee or John Goomley, that's <laughs> up to you. Um, he's not running in some and, and running in others. Wherever um, is the biggest price. I mean, the hard, the hard, you know, I, I mean, look, I looked at Christian Bess as well. Um, yeah. It's his debut, um, and he's going to win Bay Hill. So we'll let him just pop along the court this week. Um, yeah, KH Lee. Um, for me, really caught the eye of Phoenix last year when he was second, when Jordan and um, Sander were nausing up coming home. Fantastic short game. Worry with him is that he continues to rely on a short game because his uh, approach game is dire. But, you know, I, I just thought the harder it gets, uh, he's always in my head. If, if there's a hard course and it's a single-figure winner, um, then I like him. I mean, on his debut here, he was in the top seven the entire way. Uh, year after when he was 38 he was actually ninth at halfway 23rd at the um, overnight stage on Saturday he's made the last eight cuts so you know you're looking for somebody that, you know nobody's going to get away from him in terms of birdies win at the Byron Nelson was great he beat Burns, Berger, Stallings, Kizaya and Vegas all that thinking to somewhere like this um, he just I think he was 11th at scrambling last week at the Genesis yeah he was yeah 11th at driving accuracy 11th at scrambling 11th in par 4s it's, you know, he's probably going to finish 35th or something. Uh, but nobody's going to get away from him. There aren't anybody going to hit 62, 64s here. Or oh, we hope not this week. Um, I just liked him. I, every time it comes to a course where, where I think it's going to be difficult, as like I say, Fez comes to mind and Cage Lee comes to mind. And I, I'll take the chance, to be honest with you. Um, well, like you say, sorry, mate, he's, he's had that one miscut, isn't he? It's all season yeah. long. Oh. Uh, he's, been, he's been playing a lot. And, Whilst they're not being peak performances, like the, the like you say, the margins are so close to if he just turns it on for a couple of rounds that they suddenly become top ten. So yeah. um, you, you're you're stopped. gambling on the peak, aren't you, of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, you know, if they, if they get away from him, then then I don't expect them to win. But it, and they're saying it's going to be quite light win. So yeah, anyway, that's life, isn't it? You got to have one like that. So um, he just usurped Fez for that type <laughs> of player. And the other one that I, I liked was um, Lucas Glover again. Yeah, no, um, like One day I will back him when he wins uh, again. Um, <laughs> Lucas Glover, as we know, you know, if his premium's on putting, then don't bother with Lucas. We know that, but it's not here. This is all about getting it on the green. There are very few um, that are better than him at getting it on the green when he's right. Um, he's in okay form. I mean, the fifth at Sony works absolutely fine here. Um you know, he hasn't done anything dramatic, to be honest with you, but his little streaks in 2021 were quite interesting. He was tied 23rd and then tied 5th at Mayakoba. He went tied 48, tied 9 and 4th at Texas. Missed cut 41, won the John Deere. Missed cut 35 in top top 5 at Sony. Uh, and then he's gone missed cut 33, missed cut 37. It's about time that he put something in again. Um, that seems to be what he does. He, he sort of turns up at courses that you think will suit him and really doesn't bother on, on all the rest of them. Um, I think he's, he's ready to do something again. Um, not quite got it 
got it banged on at the moment. I don't know whether, yeah, whatever happened at the turn of the year, I, I've no idea. I mean, we go back to the end of last year and he's top 10 in driving actually all the time, which round here is going to give you, you know, huge chances of, of at least, uh, you know, trying to avoid bogeys, which is what you want round here. Uh, doesn't mind it round here, doesn't mind it in Florida. He's the type of player that I think will just, again, he's, he's, he's a bit like, well, Kate Lee will, will rely on his um, short game and Glover will just rely on keep pounding the greens and, and the fact that nobody's going to hit 63-64. So, yeah, I'll put him in. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's perfect to target when you know the scores can't get away from him, um, and, and that's what you want. With Lucas Glover, right? He's got that win uh, at that Disney event in Florida as well. So obviously, like you say, he likes it here. Won the Wells Fargo links to that, um, you know, and, and play well here in the past very respectably. So um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said there. Um, going back to Bisweden, how um, I just basically looked at the prices this morning, and, and Aaron Rye was double the price. And I think that they're kind of similar players in the sense that where they are on the PJ Tour, they're both very good DP World Tour players. I think they're both going to struggle to adjust playing both sides. They've obviously committed so far to the PJ Tour, which is which is good because they well they haven't really had many events to go back for either. But um, you know the fact they've actually managed to string some events together has helped them. But uh, yeah, I, I I didn't back either of them, but I think you know out of the two, I'd just go right on on the bigger prices. Um, that was basically my sort of two pence on him. But um, Sam Ryder for you, Brad, was the next one up. Yep. Um, performed really well in his last two starts. I took him at 110 to 1 this morning. I, well, it's afternoon probably. I don't think don't know if that's still there. Might be 100 to 1 now. Um, but he was 26th last week at the Genesis, 24th at the Phoenix Open, where he had that beautiful hole in one. He now returns home to Florida. He's played this event twice, made the cut on both occasions, 53rd on his debut and a big improvement last year where he finished 8th. Sam was going into the last day 4th, but had a final round of 71, so fell out of contention. But I think he'll be coming into this again with confidence and from his Instagram alone, it sounds as though he's ready to tackle the Florida swing and another one to keep an eye out for over this period. So yeah, I quite like him in the triple digits. I think it's a, a good little bomb. If he manages to make a hole in one on the bear trap, he'll be popular as well. So, he shot he shot that sixty three, didn't he, in, in the second round here last year, which really sort of catapulted him. And weekend rounds of seventy two, seventy one were were nothing special, but again, like I say, no ejection from him. Um, and, and I think all these types of players, like a Sam Ryder, like a Brandon Hagee, who's played well here in the past, like a, uh, you know Adam Schenk, and so I think these are all guys that are building little kind of banks of not contending because they don't stay there a lot, but they keep getting themselves near the top of the leaderboards and maybe fading away. But every time you do that, you know, you, you prepare yourself a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. Ryder's another one. Corrales, so he finished uh, tied second twice, uh, once on the conference or once on the PJ Tour. That's obviously that kind of um, Fazio mm-hmm. design there. So that, that's a, a little bonus as well. Um, Hugh Snowfin was tough. That was a fifth there. Workday Charity Open. Um, that was a was that a memorial as well? So that, that you know, that's another yep. link into um, Nicholas if, if you want to go into there. Um, not, not particularly similar tests, but again, just just tough layouts. It's it's good news for Sam Ryder. Um, Jason, I think you were pretty keen on him as well. Uh, yeah, I actually had Kirk and Ryder on my list, um, and, and them two are sort of bubbling under. It's just how many? Like we always say, how many can you back? Um, yeah, they were both there. I've got nothing to add other than than what Brad said to be honest with you. 
so we'll see. It'll be another no, one I'll let go. Yeah, there's a plethora of players here that I kind of thought about, didn't get to. Like Grayson Sig keeps kind of popping up in my thoughts, and mm. I liked him so much uh, in sort of similar tests that I should probably like him as well. Dylan Fratelli keeps threatening to do something and, and then not, and I never quite know what to do with him. Like, power shouldn't be, um, you know, helpful to him here, but it might just be that he can kind of get those par fours and take advantage of them, whereas normally you're sort of playing for safety there. Um, so he was in my thoughts. Hayden Buckley, I thought, could have a little bit of a bounce back. Um, but the one that I actually went with was Hudson Swafford, uh, and, and I really liked him. He's, he's a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. Um, and many people use that as kind of like a barometer of Tony Finau doesn't win enough. Uh, you know, Cameron Trincardi can't win and has some sort of it is a three-time winner. Like, mm-hmm. they're different events and in different levels, right? But he has got that kind of... He had it, like me and Jason said, he had that kind of little walk about him that looks a bit like Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka when he was walking down the stretch at the Amex. And he's not that kind of player, but um, certainly looks decent in contention. Uh, Sony Open third and ninth. Um, the Canadian Open at Glen Abbey um, he was 11th in 2018 there seems to be a little crossover with that two time winner at the Career Builder American Express, that's got a Nicholas Kors in the rotation um, won the Corrales, finished second at Palmetto another design there um, and 10th at Firestone which is another Fazio design So, just, just he's just got these kind of nice correlations that I like to see um, whether people put more stock in them or not is, is completely up to them, but it's worked for me so far, um, and it's worked for us in general. Um, and again, this I cannot say that we've probably advertised tour tips as much as we have on this podcast, but I'm going to go in it again, that this is where it kind of comes into his own, that in 2014 on his debut, he was 11th after day one, and he was still 24th after 54 holes, and then fell away. Two years later, he was 5th after 36 holes, uh, shot a second round 65 and then shot two 76s over the weekend so kind of fell away um, and then two years further on again he opened with a 73 but then still sat fifth, uh, 11th after 54 holes but had a poor final round again to fall down um, and then he was 21st two starts ago so there's a lot of that kind of hidden form of Hudson Swafford that you look at it and he's 61st, 67, 65th or whatever and, and he looks dreadful but there's been so many occasions where he's been up there and fallen away and if he can just kind of bottle up whatever it is that he found at the Amex, whatever it is he's found at Corellas, you know, if he can just get that on a Saturday and Sunday and avoid the water or the bunker or whatever it is that keeps sort of holding him back, then uh, I thought he was a big price. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, th- I think there's that's another one of those like. The only thing I'm, I worry about though is that he he seems to have a good performance and then sort of goes quiet for a while, you know, and then yeah. he'll. It would take a while to like build up to another like, a big one out of nowhere. I know it's just a just a trend no, in his but, form earlier. But, but it is, isn't it? It, it? He's just that type of player, isn't he? He's not good enough to to stick around for x amount of times. But he was really solid tee to green for for a decent period of this season. Um, and maybe just although the results maybe don't suggest it, it he looked a little bit more consistent uh, in terms of games. He started a 56th, 32nd, 33rd, 35th to start the season. Um, and then got that win, and, and he hasn't done much since. But when you just, it's just slim pickings for like it's people that have got about him though. Like, yeah, like he's come off a win in like, like, uh, the Amex as well, not so long back. It's just, it just does seem big to, to me. Like if if you 
if you just wanted the simple approach, it's it's someone that's won recently, it's someone that's won three times, yeah. and the field is pretty poor, yeah, and he's he's triple massive. digits. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that's, that's yeah. I, I've tried to go above and beyond and sort of no. highlight the hidden form and that, but it, it could be very basic that mm-hmm. he's he's a winner and and not many other people are in this field. So yeah. yeah. He was he was my final selection there. Um, Brad, I'll let you come on to Adam Svensson. Yep, very big on Adam Svensson. I got him at 150 to 1. And we've just been seeing some brilliant displays from the Corn Ferry Tour graduates this season already. Cameron Young, last week, latest to show that he isn't far away from a breakthrough. And this is Adam's second crack of the whip. And he's a lot better prepared this time around to be a success. You already had a taste of contention this year when he was at the Sony Open third going into the final round ended up placing in seventh but it was a really good performance and a good experience I'm sure and of course can't dog the fact that that was also on Bermuda Greens he played this event before back in 2019 which was his rookie season he was fourth after two rounds after a second round score of 64 so I mean that's clearly shows that he can play well here he faded after that to finish 59th but it does just that round alone shows what he's capable of and on top of that i found another beautiful nugget of information that strengthens his case this week there was a web tour q school event held at the pga national back in 2015 Svensson won by seven shots in windy <laughs> conditions and other notables in the field were pendriff 14th alban Choi 14th and mackenzie hughes who was 21st and he hasn't played. The only worry is he hasn't played since Pebble Beach. But I think with all that information, I've just half the chance in this week. And he's shown glimpses this year. And so, yeah, I really like him. Really, really like him. I'll probably be top 20 as well if I can get a good number. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that he hasn't played since Pebble either because mm. he was, I don't want to say he's running himself into ground, but he was kind of getting that kind of steam wasn't he where everyone thinks that it's something to expect things of him and he's got a couple of caddies on his bag that really believe in him you know he's got he's got uh, Bryson's old caddy on there I don't know if he's still on there this week Um, had Ted Scott on there before he went to Scotty Scheffler like Mm -hmm. people were were certainly buying into him he's going to see all that he's had that kind of peak year on the Corn Ferry Um, you start to believe in all that and all of a sudden you put a lot of pressure on yourself and maybe just a couple of weeks to reset like realise what your goals probably were coming into the season versus what they quickly turned into um, and maybe just sort of gets to come into this event a bit more, you know, less pressure yep. on him. Um, that's just the sort of narrative that I put on him there. Yeah. Um, Jace, you did mention Grayson Sig in our messages earlier, so if you want to say anything else on him at um, all before. Yeah, I, I, well, there's, there's two. There's Grayson Sig and then, then there's my best bet of the week, um, which is in between, not that big. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, Grayson Seeger, I, I, I love. I mean, Brad's already alluded to the fact that you know, he's called very. Again, golf just moves on and moves on and moves on, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, he was multiple win on the Corn Ferry Tour. COVID came in, which stopped him. You know, it stopped the Corn Ferry Tour in its tracks, really. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's back on the tour now. Um, he's a, a George Bulldog, um, so he comes from you know one of the top schools for golf. They're absolutely ready to win. Um, he's performing consistently rather than brilliant, but he is appearing on leaderboards mm-hmm. um, without anybody noticing that much. Um, yeah, Sarves and Farms, when he started started his PGA Tour, tour career, um, opened up for 77, came back for 69 just to miss it by a shot, I think. Um, uh, missed uh, the RSM on the number. Um, played Torrey Pines with Phil Mickelson uh, last year. Um, and he said... 
Uh, it's making a lot of cuts. Everyone keeps texting me, great playing when I finish 30th, but I'm not exactly pleased with it and know what I need to do to get better. He's got a fantastic attitude. He's very straight on the tee. That's one of his things. I think he it sort of drifts five degrees or something that they were saying back home. Um, this is the type of course where straight driving is going to suit. Um, I, I like Stig. I think he's going to do something at some point. Um, and I like the fact that he's consistent. I mean, it's, like I say, it's not, it's not amazing. It's not... Um, you know, it's not going to catch anybody's eye, but then that's why he's not 66 and you can get 125, 150 or whatever it is. Um, it's very, very consistent and it, it'll, it'll get there. There's plenty of mid to low 60s uh, rounds in his um, in his repertoire um, and I'm convinced that, that he'll, he'll do something quite special. But it's going to be at the right course and this is the type of course that it's going to be, I think. So, uh, tied, ninth, oh, sorry. tied ninth at the Corrales, um last year when he was kind of just yeah, making good. starts when he could yeah. um, and in that field Joel Damon won but Sam Ryder was second as we mentioned uh, McDowell obviously loves these sort of tests Hudson Swafford I've just spoken about at length sixth uh, Bryce Garnett Danny Willett all kind of people that you expect to play well in these he kind was, of windy tests yeah he was, so, top 10, he was top 10 going into Sunday at Pebble yeah. Beach um, so they, like you say there's, there's, there's enough form there he's third at halfway at the American Express uh, 25th there's a lot there. It's just, mm. it's just he's a rookie, um, yeah. and being a rookie, he, he just needs time. And it, it's about whether you're on a, you know, you're going to that Spencer and people like that. It's, it's about getting on before they start getting those top tens and start getting the wins, because then you don't yeah. see that price again for six months. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I like a lot. But let's come on to your best bet of the week then to, to Michael, put the bow on. Michael Thompson. Yeah. Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson wants a hard track. That's it. Finished. Um, go back wherever you want um, I mean you can go back even when he was he was uh, a rookie um, oh actually he was beating the US amateur in the final um, and was low amateur at Torrey Pines um, 2011 when he um, comes third in the Galdry Classic if anybody remembers that tournament um, Webb was second Louis was fourth Immelman was fifth Strilman was sixth so you've got you know exactly the right type of player um, Sony's got tied, uh, tied fifth and tied sixth uh, he was second at the Olympic behind Webb Simpson when he led in the clubhouse before Webb come and nabbed him. Um, obviously, won 2013 here. So, the couple of top 20 since is only 24th. Uh, he's around the green at the Farmers. He led it. Uh, fourth at the Sony. Scrambling. He was sixth at the Farmers, third at the Sony. Got Travellers top fives at Jew top fives. Colonial top tens. Heritage top tens twice. Memorial top five. Um, when it's tough, Thompson you know, Thompson rises. And yeah, he's got three missed cuts in his last five, but when he's played well, it's at the Sony Open where he bookended with two sixty threes. And uh, at Torrey Pines when he was eleventh. Um I think he was second actually after day one. Went seventeenth, nineteenth, eleven at Sony he was fourth, fourth, eleventh, fifth. He wants it tough. This is gonna be tough, it's gonna be single figures. Um I know that uh, one punter that we know quite well, SBI Ian, um, had it right off with him at the Olympic and I'm going to have it right off with him this week. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, well, those missed cuts, like Phoenix, you know, can go one or two ways. Pebble, three-course rotation, don't really care. Amex was a little bit disappointing. I think he was quite a popular bet that week and has played well in the past and, and didn't. But like you say, the fifth at Sony, 15th at Mike Over, all very, very good. You've obviously pointed out all the, all the tough plays he's played well. Um, and, and that's all you really need to know, isn't it? You know, he... Does he get too hot with his beard? Is probably the most worrying thing you get with Michael Thompson this week. Um, other than that, uh, very strong claims. 
Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think he's a pretty good play there, and obviously a former course winner. It's hard to uh, hard to ignore. Um, there were just like names here that that I think you could look at, but in the end, I didn't I didn't really care. I know that outsiders do win here, and that that's why people get drawn further down. Um, at one point, I really wanted Satoshi Kodaira to get into the field, and now he has. I don't really know what it was that I loved about him coming into it. <laughs> Um, because I, I looked back, I, I even like even when he was mentioned as like first or second alternate, I was like it's Kadira time on Twitter, and then I was like, I don't know why. Like it, I, it, it looks like he was playing well, and when you look back at it, it's probably not as good as I thought. So um, he was one that I kind of looked at. Um, still don't particularly know why, so I can't really explain it. Davis Riley, I think, will like it when it gets a little bit tougher. Um, and JJ Spawn's just really playing some quite solid golf without actually. Um, sticking in people's minds like you know you look at it and i think he's made nine of his last 12 cuts he missed a cut at riviera missed a cut at the hawaii which is a bit of a concern but um you know 25th at the amex 16th pebble beach 34th at tory um 27th in mexico 7th in bermuda so i was quite quite interested by him he's he's finished tied sit for the heritage which like i said earlier not not particularly insignificant um it's just that he didn't quite have the same sort of form at the places that I wanted to, like the others. Um, but tied 18th for the Wells Fargo last year isn't a bad sign. So if you get really fancy price on JJ Spawn, I wouldn't mind it. Um, probably a first-round leader bet. He does like a fast start, as does Grayson Sig. Um, so that might be a way to get him into the field as well. Um, if that's it, I will pass over to you, Jason, to have a chat about no, the... Uh... Just hold on. Just two, two, what on. price would these two have been had they appeared? And I can't believe they're not appeared. Is Russell Henley and Luke Disk. Oh, twenty eight. Russell Henley would probably be twenties, twenty five. Okay. Nick Nick, Nick Hogard's appearing, which I can't believe because it's really not going to be his thing. But anyway. No, I I think it's one of those ones where what's going to happen is watching He's going to have an average week, if if not a disastrous one, and then he's going to get slated because he's not prepared for the PJ Tour. When you realise actually it's a course surrounded by water and and and. Yeah. that doesn't really play into his game so oh, um, he's obviously just taken the start that he can get um, but I just hope that people don't overreact to one bad start on well on actually you could argue that you hope they do because then we'll get better well, you get a bit of a price on it yeah there is that to it um, and then he, and then he comes to a more suitable golf track but uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know whether there is one coming up for him I don't know if Bay Hills particularly his gig maybe more so than this Um you know, certainly the players be interesting, but again, just I think he just wants one of those ones like typical, like a get him a rocket mortgage or something where he can just unleash the driver and and get you know flat track it. But I don't know. Yeah, tough to see what he'll do this week. If he does play well, then obviously that that's going to shut a lot of people up because everyone's kind of expecting him to fail because he's young and isn't ready for PJ Tour yet. So, um, Jason, on to the uh, South African event on the Challenge Tour this week. Yeah, we'll just give it five minutes. There's no prices up, so you know what can you do? Um, I mean, Brad will look into this, I'm sure, and let me know mm. a bit more on here. Uh, but yeah, Durban Country Club, where they pay the majority of this event, um, is sort of half Parkland, half Linksy. Very undulating fairways, is what I've read. Um, I mean, they're going to be wide enough. If you miss it, it's bad rough. But I mean, so you shouldn't be doing that. Anyway, I haven't played anything here professionally since 2010, I believe, when Els beat Goosen which instantly sort of pricks your ears up. And then I read a review that said that East London Golf Club, um, that's held the Africa Open, um, is 
the best bits of Durban, but elongated, if you like. So there's more of the best bits of Durban. When you look into who's won the Africa Open, you get people like Fisher Jr., Matt Ford, Tom Aiken, um, Ollie Fisher, Fishard, Oosthausen, Chris Wood. Um, and you start going down to that and you think, OK, there's, there's a lot of links here. And then you go back into what they all do very best. And it's incredible the amount of times that Qatar turn up. So obviously it's a downgrade. So you don't get horrendous amounts of people that turn up with that good Qatar form. But we know Chris Wood, Qatar and Portugal, Gregory Baldwin, Portugal, Qatar, Fishard, Qatar, Oli Fisher, Qatar, uh, mm. Thomas Aitken, Qatar. Um, and then you go, you know, you get the Alfred Dunhill and you can make links that way. Um, and then when you look back at Els and Goosen, who obviously I think have won four Qatar um, Masters or whatever you want to call them at the time between them, uh, you start looking at, at, you know, various courses that you think have to correlate. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I gave the field a few minutes earlier on. Um, Pep Angle, it's always good when you fancy somebody that's an A because it means you haven't got that far down the field. <laughs> but Pep Angle's got the second, um, if you like it, the second Portugal course, uh, the Royal OBDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDDD
I've just noticed on the um, the Monday qualifying leaderboard that there's an NC next to Byung Hanan's name. I guess that means he's put no card in. Um, he was two under mm. through nine. Does that mean that he's managed to sneak himself a spot into the Honda Classic? Because he obviously won last week, the Lecom mm-hmm. Suncoast Classic. Um, and he was fourth and fifth here in the past. Um, mm. So that would be interesting to see if, if maybe Benny Ann's managed to sneak a spot into how's the field. Been, how's Al been Joy doing? Uh, I, I didn't want to bring that up. He's currently three over through nine holes, so he will not oh, be qualifying no. um, for that's, the that's Honda sad. Classic this week, which is sad. Um, but yeah, if, if Benny Ann gets himself into the field, or, or maybe I'm just reading insects, he can't bother because he's, he's actually... Uh, you know, doesn't think he's going to get to the score he needs to, then maybe it's something different. But if he does get himself into the field, someone to look at as well. Uh, without further ado, I am going to summarise my pick so that I don't waffle on uh, any further onto an event. Um, now that Cameron Tringali is out, I've got a decision to make between maybe Billy Horshaw or Matt Jones to replace him. Uh, still haven't decided, but I will update on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Mitchell, do like at 35 to 1, 8 places. Uh, Ryan Palmer, 60, same amount. Um, CT Pan has come in a little bit, but really do like his chances, so wouldn't want to jump off him. And Hudson Swafford uh, in the triple digits at 110, I think 120 that you can get on him now. Um, really happy to have him. So, uh, Brad, your selections, please. I've got Billy Horshaw at 25 to 1, uh, Denny McCarthy, 66 to 1, CT Pan, 70 to 1, Chris Kirk, 80 to 1. Sam Ryder, hundred and ten to one, and Svensson, one hundred fifty to one. And, and I'll just clarify: my Hudson Swafford is one hundred ten to one, eight places. It's a bit of a mixed board for Hudson Swafford. Uh, Jason, your final selections for the Honda Classic. Well, both of you, uh, you know, Kirk Ryder and Swafford are, are on the back burner. They, I might end up doing them, but the, the initial wages are Matt Jones at around fifty, CT Pan sixty, sixty six, whatever he is. KH Lee about the same price. Lucas Glover about the same price. Uh, Grayson Seek at 125 and the mighty Michael Thompson we're going to buy a house at 90 <laughs> yeah I like that um, great work gents uh, it's another another week where we've actually got to focus just on the PGA Tour um, I think we've got one more week of that haven't we next week before the magical Kenya Open comes back the following week on the DP World Tour um, so enjoy your earlier nights this week um, <laughs> and uh yeah we'll, we'll come on to next week hopefully another winner um if one of you can prop me up and and keep the ball rolling that'd be great mm-hmm.